how these randoms keep getting jobs. Don't worry about it. I'm going to say, I can't wait to say Ah, oh, I love it. Yeah, I love it. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Not Bland Show. I'm your host, Dujanae Bland. Of course, we are powered by SportsJourney.com, and we have a great show. We're going to talk to uh, Dave W. We're going to talk 2024 season. We're going to look ahead a little bit. You know, we do it in the NFL. We look ahead. We look ahead to the draft. We look ahead at draft positions. We look ahead to see who's going to make the playoffs and who's not. Well, we're going to look ahead and see what's cooking in Top Fuel and Funny Car and also in Pro Stock and Pro Stock Motorcycle. Uh, looking forward to this 2024 season. So many things have uh, changed, so many moves, uh, so many people have gotten better, uh, some new people coming in. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Later on in this show, we're going to talk to my guy, Carol Porter III, and we're going to talk some NFL. We're going to talk some NFL playoffs. Going to look at the matchups and how close this thing is. And really, for football fans, you're going to be able to watch some really good head-to-head football that's going to mean something all the way down to the last week of the season. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. So here we go, as our man Dak Prescott would say. And right now, I'm going to bring in my guy, who is one half of inside the NHRA, he is our stat guy, Dave W. What's going on, brother? Hey, how's it going? Nice to see you. Uh, glad to be on here. It's uh, definitely a good way to talk drag racing in the offseason because, man, it's been a long time since Pomona, and I've really been missing it. That This month has been just torturous on not having anything to watch and uh, tune into on the weekends, and it seems like Gainesville doesn't seem like it's getting any closer. I know we're almost <laughs> at 2024, but, man, it's just – it's it's so far away it is it really is the good thing is we have that pro race that comes into play um here in february so that's that's a little something to look forward to uh but i am i'm as much as i love football i i am missing drag racing a lot and uh pri was great it kicked off some great things uh one thing that came up uh and i was able to kind of pluck around and find out some things but uh this guy right here austin prock looks like he will not be around for the 2024 season due to sponsorships uh, his whole team has been disbanded and they have gone to other places uh looks like he won't be around it seems like austin just seems to not be able to catch a break i mean you know this guy gets his heart broken like every couple of years uh unfortunate uh you know for him to possibly not be here in 2024 yeah i uh i was surprised to see that news too i did not know that it was to the level and extent that the entire team had been disbanded and uh sent out to the other teams but the news and and rumors potentially that he could be driving for a satellite team for jfr so he could at least still have some seat time and be out there on the track uh but the big telling thing was they're not even entered. You mentioned the the pro show upcoming here in February uh, down in Florida, and he's not on the entry list for that. And it's definitely one of the uh, top ten in points. Definitely a countdown contender. Was running strong towards the end of the year. Uh, it's really a shame to see that that car is sidelined. But you know, money's money, and if you don't have the sponsor dollars coming in, they are not cheap to run these things. So mm-hmm. it is definitely heartbreaking for Austin. He seems like he's on the short end of the stick more often than not. Yeah, um, it, it's so unfortunate. And as as we've heard many of these uh, owners and drivers say, these cars eat money. Uh, so <laughs> you got to have it. You got to have it. Uh, and it's unfortunate that uh, we're able to retain uh, Montana brand 
uh, coming into this season. But, you know, no nobody works harder than JFR, and I'm sure they'll try their darndest to get something together uh, to get him back out there. Uh, young talent like that uh, doesn't definitely does not need to be sidelined. He is part of the future uh, of this, of this uh, you know, drag racing series. And I did read in an article where, I mean, he's going to definitely be retained in JFR. He's not going anywhere. He's still going to be part of the team 100%. Uh, that one of John's potential contingency plans was, if anything happens to John, well, guess who gets the nod to step into that funny car and uh, keep the team rolling. So yeah. he's definitely not going anywhere anytime soon. But uh, it's a shame if he won't be out there for the full pull coming up here in the 2024 season. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I want to thank uh, American Hot Rod Entertainment for chiming in and my boy, John. Thank you, brother. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for watching this show. Um, right out the gate, I'm going with this guy, Doug Coletto. You know, we haven't had too many repeats here in, in, in Top Fuel in a long time. But when you analyze what they've done, uh, at, especially towards the end of this season, it seemed like uh, – Allen Johnson got his mojo back. He had a great playbook and was able to execute quite well right down to the end to get him that championship. I'm thinking if anybody can repeat, it's Doug with the nucleus that he has, and it's talking about the brain trust that he has. I mean, again, uh, guy has the czar to playbook on his side, and it seems like the czar uh, found his mojo right at the right time, and that's a momentum that can carry them right into 2024. It is, and ironic that you show a picture of the canopy car because that's the one that got sidelined and went back to the open cockpit car right there to there. Yeah, there you go, uh, that they ended up really excelling in the countdown with. And maybe they're learning to play the game a little bit better and just kind of set yourself up throughout the season but hit it hard in the last six when it really counts. And, I mean, Doug Flood is a legend of the sport. And one thing to look forward to, because I always like to track the numbers and see who's chasing history, when we get to Sonoma this upcoming season, that will be Doug's 600th national event in top fuel. Uh, he is wow. definitely the Iron Man of the class. Now, I mean, more drivers have had more. John Force is well over 100 or 850 uh, national events in Funny Car. But when it comes to the top fuel category, uh, Doug's tops on the list for the amount of races that he's been in. So he's definitely got the experience on his side. The fact that he's added the championship now to his list, uh, to his resume, is impressive. And I don't really see any reason that that momentum can slow down. It's hard to really say going into one season from the other because look how strong he was in 2020. I know it was a COVID year. We didn't have the countdown, and he and Steve kind of went back and forth, and the last two years have been a little bit lean. But like you mentioned, he's got Alan Johnson on his side. They seem to really be hitting their stride. They got their tune-up down pat. Doug's hitting it hard on the tree. I feel like the pro – uh, shootout to start the season and oh, then yeah. carrying right into Gainesville, I'd look for him to keep that momentum going. Oh, yeah. And, and Gainesville is going to be it, – it's been quite the track here in the last couple of years. Uh, weather conditions have been great, and, and the track has been good enough for people to really, really throw down um, and didn't have that pro race ahead of time. And that that's going to be a nice surface to run on too. Uh, so people are going to get tuned up before – the, the regular season, and I could see them coming in and throwing a haymaker, hitting some people in the chin, and uh, got people a little woozy coming out of, you know, coming out of Gainesville. Yeah, and it's a shame that it's not like NASCAR where it's the win and you're in type countdown for, uh, format, but, I mean, the cold weather, well, cooler weather, I should say. You never know, I guess, what Gainesville could be in March. Yeah. You can go either way. You know, you could have sunny 80 degrees, and it could be a pedal fest type race or it could be 50 degrees and shoot for the moon. Uh, but however it plays out, they seem to have a pretty good combination for the track, and uh, it would really be a good momentum builder and kind of show that it really validates the end of their 2023 season and countdown if they can start 2024 just as hot. Most definitely. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, this is, this is something that uh, – you know, Doug hasn't been in this position, but if anybody's primed for that position, uh, it is him. Um, uh, we had just talked about that, Dry Race and Mayhem. Um, it, it's it's unfortunate for Prop to not be uh, able to have a ride. Um, you know, it, like I said, it, he's one of the 
the people who are the future of this sport and should be in a car full time. Uh, you know, money drives these things. And as we've heard from many drivers, money, these cars eat money. And, uh, you know, that's just an unfortunate thing for him to not be there. But, uh, you know, we never know. John Force Racing finds a way at times to, to make things happen. Pomona should be the start of the season. Here he goes with this Pomona stuff. I don't know how many times Gainesville has proven that it has been better than Pomona at the start of the season. I get it, you know, nostalgia guy, Mr. California guy, but um, I, I think Florida has proven that they've earned that spot, and uh, personally, I think it should stay there. Well, I mean, you, you had Pomona always as the lid lifter to the season, and you always had – Gainesville was always big go east. So, I mean, they, they both serve their place. They both serve their purpose. I can understand, you know, why the traditionalists would want it to stay there. But, you know, it's a trial run. It may go back there. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, I, I, it could be. And uh, one thing's for sure. Uh, the close of the season at Pomona was electrifying. The people, it was packed. Uh, America Hot Rod Entertainment, Darren Williams, has been calling for them to pack Pomona. They did just that. Uh, absolutely uh, one of the best races that we've seen along with the other ones as far as the attendance was and engagement. That was really good to see. And hopefully we can get that on the front end as well. I believe so. I think In-N-Out Burger is doing an excellent job. Speaking yeah. of tracks and track placements, uh, I did see something interesting on Facebook. There was a, a comment thread on the Flying J uh, Facebook page where they were kind of making it mentioned or known that they may not be on the 2024 schedule after all and 2025 is what they're looking for at their first date. So that July to be announced race uh, to start off the former quote unquote Western swing could be a, a real wild card. Uh, yeah. And it's still an unknown date as we get into the start of the year. Yeah. I'm really interested to see what's going to happen in that whole thing. Um, I know had Chris King on the show and Chris had even hinted at the fact that he heard some rumors about uh, there being a possibility that Denver may not be gone. Um, now, I've heard both sides of the story, but yeah, uh, that was from Chris and some things that he had heard uh, about that. So, um, you know, I, I there's no telling. I'm hoping that Flying H drag strip, though, hits it. That would be awesome. Thanks, Cuz, for checking me out. Appreciate you tuning in. Um, Gainesville brings a preseason hype, huh? Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> he said Pomona has zero hype going for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Drag Racing Mayhem. Love that guy. Love that but it guy. didn't used to be that way. Everybody it was wasn't. always down in the Southwest. You had testing at Firebird uh, in January. You had testing even in Bakersfield leading up to Pomona, and you had Pomona. I mean, it was a good January and February uh, in the quote-unquote off-season, like Alan Reinhardt always mentions, there really isn't an off-season, just a season at the track and a season at the shop is about all it is. Yeah, oh, that's funny, Briar. You see that right there, Mr. Controversy Starter, you. <laughs> he's like, he's like, with NHRA not liking the pro superstar shootout, they'll put Pomona back in February out of spite. <laughs> Uh, well, well yeah, anything's possible, especially if it's uh, off the chain, right? Hey, there he is. Andrew Morales, there he is. The man, the myth, the legend. Thanks for tuning in, brother. Yes, sir. Man, I tell you, yes, this right here. Uh, I know we're that, taking your comments and looking at these here and you're right uh, there, Briar uh, Topeka being gone is very unfortunate. Um, there are some cool things that are out there on, that were for auction. So, um, you know, really cool, like even Winston stuff they had out there uh, for auction, right. but yeah, very, very bad thing to not see this, uh, that race to still be there. Really good track. Probably one of my favorites as well. Um, unfortunate. Uh, to to say to to say that they're no longer going to be around very very unfortunate there um i agree and i and di uh, brian did share some of the auction items that they had this big winston drag racing sign that they had posted and 
uh, National Dragster collections that were featuring Topeka. I mean, they, they weren't kidding. They were getting rid of everything. Uh, unfortunately, it's all local pickup, so that would be quite the haul to get out there. It doesn't look like they were shipping any of it, but definitely some cool memorabilia if you like the older days of the sport. <laughs> exactly. No one does it better, but I like it. I like it. I'm off there for all the smoke. I love it. Thanks for tuning in, Bobby. I appreciate it, brother. Um, we're going to get back to that, what you just said there, Drag Race and Mayhem, in just a few minutes. Um, now, what is really interesting here, we have a lot of new faces. Uh, first of all, I want to ask you, why are, and I, I pretty much know why, at least my personal opinion, because I sure enough wouldn't be driving a funny car. I'm a dragster guy. I don't want a motor in front of me, and I definitely don't want that thing blowing up in my face. Um, no, I, I, you know, I'm not not Muhammad Ali pretty, but I don't need it to make it worse. You know what I mean? But uh, there's a lot of people moving in the top fuel. Why do you think people are not gravitating to funny car as much, especially when right now you got a really crowded, crowded, crowded field of top fuel cars? Well, you got a better chance. You go where the competition isn't. And, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and I don't mean this in a negative way. It, it, you know, we talked about Austin Proc potentially being sidelined. Maybe he's in somebody else's car. Uh, you know, we've got new faces. Tony Stewart's coming in, but he's coming in at the expense of Leah Pruitt getting out of the car. And, you know, it's kind of a lateral move. We're not really adding a new car. It's not like they're adding a second car and it's going to be a husband and wife team. It's still a lateral move. Uh, Ida Zetterstrom. Uh, coming in with a part-time schedule. That's going to be pretty awesome to see. Sean Reed comes in full-time, which can kind of offset Austin Proc's car being parked. Uh, Jacob McNeil taking over Buddy Hull's team, uh, running nine races in the sport. That'll be pretty cool. Uh, we got all these new faces that are coming in here, uh, new blood, which is nice to see for the sport and for the class. But unfortunately, we are not really adding too, too much to the car count. We're still only looking at maybe 14 or so full-time teams at this point. So there's still two spots in every field for right. the local guys that come in, for the Lex Junes of the sport, for the part-timers, for uh, the Will Smiths to come in. Indy should mm -hmm. be a stacked field. Indy will probably have 20-plus. Everybody's <laughs> going to want to come to Indy. Right. But, you know, I think you have a better chance of showing up, and I hate to say it this way, but I think you have a better chance of showing it up and making the field in a top fuel dragster than you do in a nitro funny car. And I think that's why you see some of the influx in there. Some of it's some of it's more of a lateral move, and, and some of it could be, um, you know, and I don't know, maybe you know more about this. Uh, we're talking about Jasmine Salinas uh, coming in. She's going to be in there next year. Yeah. Is that in addition to Mike, or is that in replacement of Mike? That's an addition. That's be another car. That's in another addition. car. That's an addition. Okay. So, yeah, so we're, you know, we had – 12 full-time teams this year. We may be up to 14, 15 next year, but we still got some spots down at the bottom uh, to fill that field. So yeah. come on out with your top field dragster and, and run the show. I agree. Um, you know, Tony coming in is pretty interesting. Uh, I I love the fact that he's done it the right way. He's been very humble about his ability to drive, but let's be real. The guy's a natural, um, you know, and the thing about it is he's just like every other uh, elite athlete. When they get involved in something, they're focused on their craft and they're focused on being the best at that. And it's not just about the surface level stuff as a driver. They get very in-depth to make sure that they fine-tune every little thing about what they need to do as a driver to be good on the starting line, to have a good burnout, a quality burnout that doesn't hurt anything, and to get off the starting line first. Uh, and also have a few things in their bag if they need to to kind of throw the competition off a little bit. Um, what do you think outside of who he is that he's going to bring, not just to top fuel, but to the overall pro category, uh, you know, as a whole? I, I mean, you can't deny the social media and the news media impact that even his announcement that he's going to be taking over Leah's right in top fuel has had. I hope that it generates more coverage. I hope we get more views on TV. Hope we get more people tuning in online, uh, more people even subscribing to NHRA TV because they want to see what's going on. You know, just keeping an eye on his progress. I mean, he's basically stepping himself into the quote unquote kings of the sport, 
of another professional racing organization. And if you look at his successes and everything else that he's driven, now he's at the top uh, level in our particular sport. And a lot of eyes are going to be on him to see if he does the same here. And on top of that fact, you were getting into the car that finished a very, very close (laughs) second, was one win light away from being a championship winning car the prior season. So do you think he feels any pressure from that? Uh, Maybe a little bit, but he has realistic expectations. He's always been very grounded, and it's nice to see that he's not coming in very cocky and shooting off at the hip. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. That was the Tony Stewart of the 1990s. Uh, this more older, mature Tony Stewart, married life Tony Stewart is 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 much different, much more humble in his uh, in his abilities. I still need to I still need to see a little salt though. He he cannot be not bland. <laughs> he cannot be not bland. That is not that's not. No, he, he cannot. And we no. cannot be bland. He's got to be not bland. Okay. No, I, I want to see I need a little when, salt. When the first time he hangs somebody out on the tree, I want to see Langdon go up to him or Steve Torrance and let's see what they got to say. Let's see if, if they're going to poke the bear uh, or they're going to be uh, seeing smoke. Yeah. I want to get to this real quick. Uh, I did see that. Uh, she was – Krista tested in a funny car. Looked really cool. Went straight. I mean, super straight. Um, I I think that she would serve well over there uh, personally, but that's just my personal opinion. What do you think? I did not see that. I didn't even know that was a thing. I am all for it. By all means, get in there. We, you know, it's been a while since we've had uh, uh, a full-time or even part-time uh, female competitor in the funny car class. Uh, get them out there. Let's go. Let's run. It, add to the talent pool. I mean, funny car is funny car is stacked. It uh, is. It, it is, it is going to be epic this year to see how funny car plays out. I am excited for both nitro categories, but funny car especially. Appreciate you, Monday morning racer. That guy is uh, Where's Waldo of drag racing, a uh, real big <laughs> pioneer of the sport, man. He's like everywhere. Um, we'll get, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Um, look, this is what this is something that I think is really good here uh, with Buddy going over to Jim Dunn Racing. I, I think not only driving aspect, but he's going to be bringing something to the table as well. Uh, You know what I mean? I think it's going to help this team a lot. And I think they'll be able to push it a little bit more as well. Um, You know, I, I I really think that this car is going to surprise some people next year if they can find that level of consistency. uh, And and I think they can. Well, how about this? Did you know this would be the 25th anniversary of Jim Dunn Racing and Frank Pedragon finishing fourth in points in 1999. Did you know they finished that high that year? They were the best of the rest in that category. Still a 1,000 points behind John Forrest with the championship yeah. and 600 and 400 behind Whit Bazemore and, and uh, uh, Tony Pedragon. But still, of the rest of the field, they were the best of the rest that year. If you remember that penthouse car with old Frankie driving, uh, Jim Dunn was on it that year. And so they they can be a championship contending team, definitely a countdown contending team. And, uh, you know, I don't know that it's necessarily a, a too terrible of a move for Buddy. I mean, get in there, get your feet wet, and uh, you can turn on some wind lights. You definitely. can surprise some people, I think. Definitely. I believe that, too. Um, you know, I, I really think it's going to be good for him. It's going to be good for a funny car. And Caleb said with the uh, crystal ball when that was an A-fuel funny car either way i think she needs to move in that direction um and i think she would be really good at it you know given the time and and whatnot uh i agree with this statement too uh that will be the telltale sign because you know epping is the one that everybody kind of skips because it's kind of like out in the middle of nowhere off the map kind of up in the corner you know some people don't want to pay for the travel uh it will be interesting to see how many uh, nitro cars we have up there and that that is i agree that is a good uh measuring point there how many races does he nab this year good question uh what do you think i say at least three wow i was saying like i'd be surprised if he picked up one but you're thinking three. he's going to the he's going to the winter circle three times huh this car finished second and he showed me enough 
in the A-field side that he can drive this thing. There's no doubt that any I know what he says, but he can drive. So the matter yeah. the fact yeah. of the matter is, is if they can give him a good race car going down the track, and he might struggle on tracks that are a little greasy where you kind of, you know, the car gets a little little sachet like like Salinas, but I think they're gonna be racetracks where the car's just going to go right down A to B, straight, very little movement, and those are the races that he'll have success. And that's why I say you've got at least three of those tracks on this on this circuit. He'll get at least three. And, and I mean that not to take anything away from his driving abilities or his talent, but just for the points that you mentioned. Yeah, he, he killed it in the A fuel class, but he never lit the tires up in an A fuel car like a top fuel dragster did. And an A fuel car into full 1320 still doesn't even go as fast to half track as the top fuel dragster does. So True. you got to be quick because I, I mean, you never want to see anything in trouble, but I, I'm kind of like, let's see when that thing lights up the tires and, and pitches it sideways. Don't overdrive it. Don't drive it too far. Don't try and pedal it. I mean, he's got a big learning curve when we get to those slick greasy tracks. Uh, and you know, Salinas sashaying down the road. I mean, he, he's done that on some pretty good tracks too. So these things are are not easy to drive, and I, I mean, I feel like he could probably do pretty well on the tree. They'll probably give him a good car, but three wins. All right, if you're going to go three wins, how how long does it take him to get his first? How deep into the season are we going? He's going to get it at one of the four wides. Okay, probably a best chance. That's his best chance. Because you only got to go three rounds. So, right. I mean, you can be good enough to get at least get to the final. So then it's just up in the air. And I, he could nab one there. Yeah. I'm willing to bet that. Um, so we're not going too far into the season because the four wides come in Vegas and Charlotte. That's races, uh, what is that, four and five under year. So yep. it'll be quick. It'll be quick, but I think you can hey, do it. Charlotte, that'd be a perfect place. It All would them- be. You know, all the NASCAR success there and to win <laughs> at, at, at basically uh, all of the tracks that they've had. Because, you know, he's won on the dirt track and the oval, just like he had right. uh, when he won at, at Vegas in the alcohol car. Breyer says one to two. Okay, he's got some pretty lofty expectations for the man. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I like I said, I can... He said, he said it's like the Dallas Cowboys. The Dunn ride is like the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Man. Hey, hey, Drew. I I would love to see Frankie. I love to see Frankie. No doubt. But I come back I, I to think, her. Yeah. I, I think Buddy's gonna be I think he's gonna be cool. I think I think it's gonna be a good addition there. Um I just hope that the car can be where we think it could be. And maybe it was, I mean, we've seen the car perform pretty good when Campbell was in it. It seemed like it was scaled back last year. So, I mean, uh, I, you know, yeah, I agree with you there. My, it very much calculated moves. Uh, and, you know, that's what it's all about, to be honest with you. Um and I think it's I think it's the right move for him. He's driven it before. Uh and you know, I don't see, you know, he's the he's a big guy like like Matt Hagan. So uh it's one of those things where I think he can manhandle the car like Matt. So <laughs> hey, we I'm just calling it like I see it. Darren, we've seen it several times before. He loves that wiggle waggle and, uh, you know, it, it, whatever you got to do to get to the finish line. But we know that he's, uh, you know, that's kind of his main thing right there. Ah, see, Caleb says four wide, too. I don't I, – hey, I'm telling you. The, the interesting announcement – so it, it made me think we all know about the drivers who have – Number one has had number one qualifiers in both the nitro categories who have won races in both the nitro categories. But I kind of started poking around and, and trying to find some of the drivers who raced in top fuel and funny car that most people don't even really think of or realize that they did. And I came up with a list of names like Scotty Cannon drove both top fuel and funny yeah. car. Wyatt Radke. Obviously, Buddy Hull's going to be doing it. Tom Hoover, Showtime. He's known for the Showtime funny car, started his career in top fuel. 
uh, Bobby Lagana, Richard Tharp, Connie Coletta, Kristen Powell, Don Sasinka, Gordy Bonin, Casey Hollywood Spurlock raced top fuel and funny car. Most people don't remember that, but he did. Scott Weiss, Jack Beckman, and even Doug Coletta, even though it wasn't on the NHRA side, was runner-up at an IHRA race in Milan, Michigan in 2006 in a Nitro funny car. That's Those are some names. Right. And I'm and sure a lot of people recognize. Of. Yeah. You don't think I think of, there are a lot of people they that did. don't think of, a lot but you more recognize have, Yeah, there's a lot more that have run Nitro doubles than people realize. Obviously, like I say, the guys that have won, yes, the Pedregons, uh, as Caleb mentioned in the comments, Cruz has done it, Tony's done it. I don't think Frank ever drove a top fuel dragster that I've found. I know he ran an alcohol dragster and he ran a nitro funny car, but I don't know that he ever ran a top fuel uh, dragster. Uh, maybe yeah, Andrew sure chime in on that. Maybe. Let me know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I do look. This point here is it's valid, and here's why I say that. It, it both sides are valid, but it's like I say with with uh, coaches like Ron Rivera who have basically had a bunch of losing seasons. The track record speaks for itself. Do I believe he's taking a chance? Sure, but I also think that he's probably bringing something to the table. But you you have to look at it from both sides. And in, at the end of the day, the track record is the track record. So you 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 know, you can't you you can't look at one side and not the other. And I I do agree with that. I think maybe he's going to be bringing some extra to the table to help this thing out as well. And uh, if that's the case, I think we'll see a better race car. It seems to me from what we saw on the PRI stage that they're committed to excellence. I know Buddy doesn't want to do anything that isn't on that level. And and so I would hope that he would not make that move uh, knowing that that would be the case. So I, I really think that that, that there is one of those things where I think collective minds are going to be able to work together to build something uh, great. If that, that's just my humble opinion there. Yeah. Hey, he says Bazemore drove both as well. Yes, he did. know that. Yeah. Most of the DSR team, Tommy Johnson, Jack Beckman, Whit Bazemore, uh, all the guys that we think of, Ironically, Tony Schumacher is one of the guys who always said he wanted to drive a nitro funny car and never stepped over to that side of it. I wonder if maybe before he finally calls it a career, he might do that. Yeah, it, it would be would be interesting to see uh, that. Um, while we have time, we're a little long because I'm waiting on a guest here. Um, but we love talking drag racing. And since we got the community here, we'll keep it going. Uh, Pro Stock. Jake's coming back. Uh, yeah. We know how the deck is stacked. I mean, I get it. It's KB versus Elite. But at the same time, um, you know, where would Pro Stock be if they didn't level the playing field by giving opportunities to people so that it can make it easier for people to be out here in the race? Uh, Jack throws a big monkey wrench in all of this, and you can bet he ain't coming there to be no R&D car. So... Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? No, he, he is not. This is not test and tune. Uh, none of that. So uh, he really throws a huge monkey wrench into the championship talks. Obviously, it starts with uh, the six pack champ um, first. But how do you see this playing in pro stock? And, and Camry finally has her, her sponsors going to be there full time. I think they make some progress as well. What do you what do you see for this pro stock season and how this may play out? Man, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a real interesting year. And I think that KB is gonna need to get some more cars out there to compete with Elite the way that it is, uh, the way that this this field seems to be shaping up uh coming up into this season. Um and don't forget we've got <laughs> don't think we've got uh, uh another new female competitor too, Sienna. Wild Gust is going to be the eighth yes. female to compete in any trade pro stock this year. We could have three women in the field for the first time in history, which I hear is something she's good. think of for pro stock, but yeah. that could be interesting too. Uh, just the competitiveness is not going to go away. I think the field is going to be ever tighter. Uh, it the, the rubber band is always shrinking. Um, yes, it is Camaro stock. Unfortunately, Camaro is going to look to extend their win streak, which has been ongoing for the last six seasons. 
uh, plus, and uh, you know, good on them. Yeah. But uh, I mean, Erica kind of makes you wonder where she sets her goal out. You know, what what is she looking at now? If if I'm Erica and I'm you know, just throwing this out there because I look at numbers. Her right. next big carrot that's hanging out there should obviously be another championship, but uh, she's only a couple of wins away from being in a very, very elite company of pro stock drivers who have won 50 or more national events. She is almost at her 50th national event win, and that is a big deal for any driver in any category, and I think that's where your goal looks to next. Obviously, the championship is always there. Greg Anderson's got something to prove. Dallas Glenn has really got something to prove because, man, he fell on hard last year. And if I'm not mistaken, he would have been the champion without the countdown. So yeah. he's he's got a chip on his shoulder going into the season. Matt Hartford was strong. Derek Kramer was strong. I mean, all these guys. Kyle Koretsky had an off year. Where was Aaron Stanfield all year? TJ, that was a so how, how about Jeg and, and Troy Jr. being out there competing with each other again? Uh, yeah. I mean, this, there's so many storylines in pro stock and they're going to be at it for the full pool. They're running all the races this year for the first time in a I'm long time. So that's that. going to be great to see. Um, I mean, storylines abound in this category. It is definitely one, even though that people want to just call it pro Camaro and say that it's boring. You just got to look at it for what it is, you know, look yeah. beyond all that. And there's a lot more out there to meet the eye. There's a lot of stories and it's going to be a good season. Yeah. I, I, uh, I agree. I mean, you gotta you gotta really just take what it is and enjoy what it is because at the end of the day, there is a lot of uh, great racing in that. There's a lot of great storylines. There's going to be some big time matchups week in and week out, and the fact that they're racing every race makes it even more fun because, um, you know, it, I don't like them missing a lot of these uh, big time races. I think they should be at every one, and that's going to help them out um, as well and uh help the, the at least the viewership but i, I don't, if you're walking away in any of these classes really and I, i'll even throw in the 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 lucas oil series as well with the alcohol funny cars and dragsters if you're walking away to go get a drink during that time from that point on it's so much action and it's going to be uh some real big time uh matchups and, and, and races and wins and losses uh in this category Now, pro stock bike. Does anybody <laughs> catch Gage? Does he go ballistic again and take over, or or are we going to see somebody finally <laughs> knocking him off a little bit? If you look back throughout history, which I was kind of checking you some of the stats, that, um, I feel like he it usually comes in a couple of years, comes in a, a pair. Um, Gage, obviously, in his 2023 season, he won 11 out of 15. Now, when we look back at some of the guys that have dominated the class, uh, Dave Schultz won 15 out of 16 races from April of 93 to October of 94. Matt Hines won 18 out of 21 from May of 97 to September of 98. The Harleys won all but one race in 2012, uh, thanks to Michael Ray taking the, uh, the Dallas national event. So, I don't think his dominance goes away that quick. I think that Gage's reign of terror is going to last maybe not all season, but I think the season's going to pick up right where it left off. And maybe, just maybe, the Smiths, the Aranas, and the rest of the field can kind of catch up to him by midseason, and we can have a very exciting and interesting countdown coming down to the stretch. But yeah, as far as uh, the start of the year, I think it keeps going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Matt's going to, with the change, I think that they're going to, uh, they're going to be fine. And just a heads up guys, you guys don't have to go anywhere. We're going to run maybe five to 10 more minutes. Our guest for the NFL is not going to be able to make it. So since I've got you gearheads in here, we're going <laughs> to stay right here and we're going to finish the show out talking NHRA talking, uh, 2024 season and looking ahead. Okay. So just hang in there. If you got questions, you got things you want to say, just throw them in the comments and we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, I want to address, we'll go to the factory stock one. Uh, I'm excited about this. I think it's the factory stock X. I know Stanfield is running in that. Uh, I am looking forward to this. This is uh kind of old school pro stock. Uh, if yeah. you, if you ask me, 
Um, and I think this is going to be a very competitive class. Uh, old school pro stock in the fact of obviously the first two years of the class, mostly stock cars, heavily weight factored, uh, cubic inch to weight ratio factored. Bill Jenkins came out in 72 with the tube chassis, still still had to weight the cubic inch ratio factor uh, involved. But now you are taking factory developed and factory engines, putting them in a tube, cha basically a pro stock car with stock body dimensions, a little bit bigger tires. I agree. I mean, it's kind of like looking right back into the, the mid-1970s with what we got coming up here in, in the Factory X class. So yeah, um, I wouldn't call it real pro stock. I know everybody wants to replace <laughs> pro stock. That's the problem is everybody wants to replace something with something else. There's room at the table for everybody, baby. It's a big table. Drag racing is a big sport, and there's something for everybody. Don't push yeah. somebody out to let somebody else in. Let everybody play. I agree. Um, man. I agree with you. This, this is this is huge because uh, not only with this here, uh, with the pro uh, with the uh, pro mod, um, you also got to think of Lyle and what he's getting into. And that boy dangerous on oh, yeah. that boy dangerous. All right. And then you adding this uh, into the mix. Pro mod is going to be looking like, you know, Tyson versus Tyson, like young Tyson versus young Tyson uh, every week. <laughs> there's some heavy hitters here it is nice to see the interest back in the pro mod category it was 30 plus cars showing up pro mod was was a big deal and they kind of went away from that the 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 teams kind of dissolved the rules maybe they were getting a little too quick maybe they're getting a little too strict on some of the stuff maybe they're writing some of the combinations off uh it's nice to see cars coming back and the field growing in any category, but especially pro mod. For sure. For sure. Um, you know, that they're so exciting to watch. They make me nervous every time they go down the track and you're trying to stay <laughs> on, you know, you're yeah. trying to stay on time here. So I don't I don't end up working late into the night because of a crash, but man, they're so fun to watch. They're so fun to watch. Um, and I'm excited about all the new names in there. Um, you know, that's the class where uh, not only the personalities shine, but their personalities are also in the way that they drive. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, no, just aggressive. Some, some of them, some of them, no fear. Like, <laughs> I do what I got to <laughs> do to get to the finish line. You know, I love it. I love it. And and I'm looking forward to. You know, it used to be we'd see it in pro stock, but pro mod seems to be a place now to go for the. I'm gonna burn you down, burn down. I'm going to melt your motor down, burn down. And yeah. I think we're going to see more of that coming in 2024 because their personalities speak on the starting line too. I love a good burn down. Um, you know, with this bike class too, the other Salinas, I believe she's going to make a leap here. Um, I thought they found something during the season. I What I don't want to see this year though, I don't want to see nobody else going down like that. No. At that that makes my heart drop into my feet. Um, and that was too much this year. I'm glad that everyone that, that had to experience that or were able to get healthy and get right and, and be able to, you know, you know, Angie coming back as fast as she did, you know, that's, that's some Aaron Rodgers stuff right there. Um, some huge superhuman stuff, um, you know, and, and uh, Kelly being a, you know, it not being as bad as it looked, but I, I don't want to see that no more. That was uh, unnerving. And on two wheels, that you don't want to see that ever. No, I, I definitely agree. And I uh, I don't know yes. what caused the rats of it late in the season the way that it was. I mean, there were there were a couple of times. Yes, there were two that, that completely went down. Uh, we had Chase who hurt his knee uh, by, yeah. by, by bouncing it off the wall. Uh, but there were other instances where other riders were – they had some wiggles in the top end, and they were able to catch it and save it and or let off the brake, release it, whatever they did to keep it straight and keep it upright. But that was getting a little bit scary towards the end of the year. You know, you were kind of like talking about Pro Mod and how you kind of like, man, I really love them. They're, they're a great class, but, man, does it make me nervous. The motorcycles yeah. are great, but the shutdown area makes me nervous with those guys now. You you know, that's where all the action seems to be really picking up is down the, down the shutdown area now. And they're hitting two – 202, 201, 202 with ease. Um, yeah. 
And yeah, you, you gotta have enough shutdown uh, to get the job done. And it just seems like for whatever reason, I know, uh, I think for both, it's just like the, the brakes, they, gra- they grab the brake a little harder than they normally do. I know Angie, she was on a bike that she wasn't used to um, and just got too much brake. Uh, huh. Yeah, I, I, you know, so getting to that, Chris Bostic actually tested who's going to be with White Alligator Racing this year. I think that's huge for him. Oh, big um, time. Uh, he tested a bike with a parachute on the wheelie bar. And to be quite honest with you, I don't know if anybody's ever seen, I'm not talking about uh, top fuel motorcycle. I'm talking about the nitro motorcycles like Spider-Man McBride rides. They're -hmm. like funny cars on two wheels. We've seen parachutes with those type of bikes. Uh, You know, the only concern I have in, in, you know, I'm not an expert on bikes or anything, but they already deal with a really nasty crosswind, right? Um, and what my concern would be is if the shoot comes out, does that does that make that crosswind worse for them? Uh, you know, going down the track, does that do something weird with the bike? Uh, I, I would think you'd have to test it a few times to figure that out. But uh, I know that they've had some success with that. So what do you say to putting parachutes on bikes? I mean, there's junior dragsters out there with parachutes on them. Put them on the damn bike. It'd be fine. It ain't going to hurt nothing. No, I, uh, it, it reminds me of a story Warren Johnson said when he was testing because the, the crosswind issue became a really big deal in the mid-90s with the pro stock cars. If you remember, a lot of them getting pulled out. Uh, yes. The, the rear end's getting pulled out from underneath them going through the shutdown area. And he really started working with, with the safety uh, aspect of it and the dual parachutes. And I believe it was Stroud that he was talking to. And he's like, you know, I, I just want to have two and a half G's on there. So he goes out, makes a pass, hits the dual shoots. And he's like, man, it about ripped me through to, you know, right through the seatbelts. And he's like, I went back and told him, he's like, well, you said you went two and a half G's. He's like, I meant total, not per each parachute. I mean, that thing was really stopping that car. And so I feel like the hard part with the, the pro stock motorcycles are, I know that the, the pro stock cars had a launcher system in them. You need something to. You'd have to have a small parachute, yeah. maybe a, a one G at most parachute, or even a small dual chute setup. But you got to have something that launches and getting up into the wind because it's if it's hanging off the bottom of the wheelie bars. I mean, that's that's a recipe for disaster. Getting the lines caught up into wheelie bars and tugging it one way or the other. So, right, are they going fast enough? Yeah, two hundred miles an hour is definitely fast enough to to have a parachute come out. Uh, it's just in who's going to sit there work on the design work of it work on the structure of it, work on the attachment points to it. Where do you grip the bike at? Where's the strong points and the weak points? Where do you attach it to the chassis? Um, I, I think that there's there's definitely a possibility of it working and, and being a thing, but it's going to take a lot of engineering and a lot of testing and a lot of ingenuity and a lot of drivers or riders getting on board with being the ones to do that because NHRA is not going to mandate it unless they know it's going to work. They're not just going to make everybody go out there and put that on there. And it's costly enough to ride one of these, put one of these bikes together as it is. And if you have to add that and change that and add it to your setup, what cost are we looking at too? Yeah, I, I understand all of that. Yeah, you because you have to really, really have that thing fine-tuned in. You might snatch somebody off the bike. Um, right. Well, what do you say? They, they know how to put high-performance brake parts on uh you know high performance cars street cars whatever is it just one of those things where we need to kind of look into upgrading the brake system to where you know it stops better doesn't have to grip as much you know i'm sure those people that do that can come up with some way to get the bike to stop a little bit quicker because maybe the technology is behind that very well could be Uh, and you know just like any racer you want to run the lightest easiest components to work with because uh, you've got weight savings especially rotating uh with the the rotor technology with the discs that they got on them how thin how thick are the discs you know do you get them too thin the discs start breaking you you, you could have a lot of a lot of issues with them so yeah it's just who's going to spend the time and the money and and the uh 
the expertise to perfect it and just for the, for the safety betterment. Don't don't let it become mandated because of something bad happening. Be a little proactive on it, I think. I agree. I agree. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to this show. Um, you guys make this thing go. And uh, it was a fun night having some of the, the greats in here uh, talking drag racing, having you in here, Dave. Um, you know, the work that you put in is quite amazing when it comes to uh, statistics uh, and, and really educating the public uh, the right way. Because we know that at times uh, our beloved NHRA doesn't necessarily have the correct stats all the time. And um, what you do is very much needed. So uh, I thank you coming on for coming on and uh, sharing some of those gems with uh, those of our listeners here. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. It's definitely been a labor of love for a long time, but uh, the accuracy part of it is is what really got me started on it. And also the uh, curiosity to be able to answer my own statistical questions. I didn't want to rely on somebody else because as you well know, as a journalist, when you're trying to look this stuff up, uh, the information is not necessarily readily available for yeah. NHRA, unfortunately. It's tough. It's tough. Dave, tell them where they can find you at because you uh, put out some really cool stuff right before the race. A lot of history uh, things that you put out. And uh, it, it's really nostalgic, but it's, it's really cool for young fans to be able to see that. Yeah, you can find me on uh, Instagram. It's my name, david.weslowski. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. I'm there. I usually share stuff that I post into the many Facebook groups, the pro stock groups, the top field groups, funny car groups on Facebook. Uh, and then obviously the Dave W YouTube channel. If you're looking for classic drag racing, uh, you know, I put up some cool seasons here and there. And well, Christmas is coming. So you uh, drag racing fans might have quite a present to wake up to on the 25th. Looking forward to it. You guys hear that? A gym. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Not Bland Show. Again, thank you all so much for tuning in, commenting. Um, man, it, it, the support of this show has uh, been overwhelming. Uh, and I thank all of you who have encouraged me to do this. And uh, man, what a blessing. What a blessing. Uh, again, enjoy your holiday. Be safe. Uh, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Uh, enjoy your family. And uh, for us and for me here at Sports Journey, not bland show, we're out of here.